Welcome to Behind the Post, a podcast discussing all things B2B social media, presented by Octopost. In each episode, you'll hear from creative social media managers who will discuss what really takes place behind social media and how they fuel their own creative process. Listen on for inspiration, tips, and secrets you need to craft your next masterpiece social campaign and engage your audience. Introducing your host, Olivia Messina. Hello, and welcome back to Behind the Post. My next guest is the ultimate social media expert. Focusing solely on social media for the last 10 years, she's tackled nearly everything social encompasses from freelance to high tech, Twitter to TikTok, thought leadership to influencer marketing, and consultations to training. She also recently started her own podcast, Vanity Metrics, and will launch a network for social media managers in the Israel high tech scene next month. Without further ado, please welcome to the show, Danny Sayag. Danny, are you ready to go behind the post with me? I am. And by the way, I have to say, I love the name of your podcast. I actually consider that for my own. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Great minds think alike. Mm-hmm. I love it. Listen, I've been counting down the way, the days to interview you because honestly, you are the social media expert. You've been around the block and I can't wait to just pick your brain and get into all your incredible insights. So Let's just dive in. Um, Could you just give our audience a brief overview of your professional background and how you found yourself at site? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I actually started uh, kind of an accident as it always happens for many people in social media. I was uh, hired uh, to fill a position um, uh, for someone who went on maternity leave as the assistant to the BB at VP of BD and marketing at a tiny pharmaceutical company. Um, I didn't have anything to do. So uh, instead of twiddling my thumbs, I opened a Facebook and Pinterest account for them. And I started doing some sales like that. And then I realized, oh, this could be fun. But uh, that particular company was just so small and there wasn't much to do. So as soon as I could, I jumped ship to a company called uh, Kennis International, which was a lot of fun. Uh, They organize conferences worldwide. Super, super fun. Got to travel around the world. Mm. I handled about 12 clients at a time on the main accounts like, you know, LinkedIn, um, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, I did some community work. I did um, event marketing. I was at the events and we did a lot of contests and stuff like that. It was just so much fun. Um, But I left after about four and a half years uh, to go freelance uh, because I wanted to branch out. I had just been focused mostly on the medical and scientific world up until that point. So I was freelance for about two years, uh, which was really cool because I got to select any and every type of client possible. Uh, really, it ran the gamut. Mm-hmm. I was working with high-tech, low-tech, everything in between. Uh, one of my favorite clients was an internet internationally renowned um, religious figure. So that was, yeah, that was a really funny (laughs) client to work with. Um, And he had tons and tons of accounts and really engaged users. It was so much fun. And while I was looking for another client as a freelancer, I I landed my next job at Social Media, which is an agency that does um, social media for B2B clients in Israel. And um, that's when I really got to dig deep into high tech. We had some really fantastic clients, top notch, uh, truly. 
and uh, we can know all the social media outlets for them. They uh, learn more about, you know, writing creative briefs. And um, I did uh, some thought leadership there. Uh, that's when I started dipping into thought leadership and employee advocacy, things like that. And then I found this really cool opportunity at Sight, which is where I am today. Uh, it was funny because they kind of enticed me by saying, you're going to open one of the very first B2B TikTok accounts. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness, and your B2B SaaS on top of it, that's going to be crazy. Um, but I did it and it was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, and it's been uh, going very well over there. Amazing. So. Well, Seems like you have done it all. And we're going to get to TikTok later on. Um, I can't wait for that. Um, but for anyone listening in that doesn't know, could you just um, give a brief overview of Site and the value that you bring to your customers? Absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me. Site uh, provides solutions for e-commerce brands and re- retailers to help bring their products to the surface online. Um, so we offer really cool products such as visual search. Uh, you might have seen mm-hmm. something similar like the Google Lens, but ours is very specific and it, it sits on the uh, website of each of our customers. So it's very specific just for them. We also offer personalized um, solutions. So when you're shopping online, let's say, and you see something really cool, you, you click on the product, you go to the product page, and when you scroll down, it will say, People who bought this also bought these items. Mm. Well, we personalize that um, to match your current session. So if you were looking for you know, white sneakers, we're going to continue to show you other white sneakers. But if you also looked at, um, I don't know, blue tennis shorts, we'll also show mm-hmm. you more blue. It's really, really specific, really personalized to what you're looking for today, not based on what other people bought mm. or what you purchased from them a month ago or anything like that. That's super, super personal. It's fantastic. Wow. That's awesome. And definitely so needed. So wow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Um, So like I mentioned before, you've been doing social for quite some time. And anyone that works in social knows that social media is forever changing. Um, So from your perspective, how has the B2B social media landscape changed over the years? Oh, it's a really great question because um, it doesn't look anything like it did about 10 years ago whatsoever. (laughs) Uh, And as everyone knows, um, no matter what industry you're working in, uh, Corona really flipped everything upside down completely. Um, and that's very true also for B2B marketing and uh, it doesn't end just within uh, the marketing department internally. It's also on social. So what's happened, what I've seen specifically is that there was a really strong push for authenticity uh, once Corona hit. It's still going strong. I think it might start to weaken just a tad lately. There was a lot of controversy recently with the crying CEO and things like that. Mm-hmm. So people are starting to say, hey, hey, okay. there's, there's authenticity. And then there's trying to look authentic and things like yeah. this. So we, but, but it has taken a really strong step towards becoming very much more human, very much kind of uh, B2C-like, which mm-hmm. is what I really enjoy. So there's a lot more, not necessarily humor, but 
just kind of an understanding and relatability of what people are going through. And you can see that a lot in some of these um, some of these videos. For instance, recently, uh, Walnut produced this really fantastic video that showed a woman who dirtied her shirt by accident uh, with a coffee. Um, and she went to go buy a new shirt and was greeted by somebody who who took a kind of a salesperson demo approach to trying to give her a new shirt to try out. So it was just like, like, yeah, that's not what people want. You know, like we just want to buy a t-shirt. Can you stop with the whole difficulty of trying to go yeah. through the sales funnel within your company? Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was really such a great um, example of how B2B has turned into B2C. There's, there's many different ways to express it. There's many different ways to approach your, audience. Um, so try to, instead of, I would say, try to um, look through what other companies are doing, not your competitors, but just all the B2C companies out there. What's really um, uh, getting their audience to react and why? And try to emulate that in your work. Mm-hmm. Don't copy paste anything. Just try to find the inspiration and then Produce something that obviously suits your brand and your and your company's brand voice and everything, and make it your own. But there's a lot of great ideas out there that you can start with to find mm-hmm. that inspiration and, and turn your B two B into a little bit more humanized yeah. version of what it once was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. I've only been in the B two B social media industry for about a year now, but I think the one thing that I always keep in the back of my mind is again, social media is meant to be social. Everyone goes on and social media is kind of like a safe place where you follow people that you relate to and you follow brands and other creators that invoke an emotion in you. Mm -hmm. So I think it's so important to always keep that in the back of your mind when you're creating content is, is someone going to relate to this? Is this going to make someone feel an emotion? Because at the end of the day, that's the kind of content that we as social media managers and just consumers want to engage with. So that's always something that I try to keep in the back of my mind. Absolutely. And the more you do it, the more you'll see that you're becoming the type of company that people will talk about even if they don't use your product because yeah. you've become top of mind just for your content. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you see what Walnut did? Oh, did you see yeah. what this company did? People just talk about it. You know, that's what, that's how people spoke about Gong for years. Mm-hmm. Did you see what they because I yeah. our, we use Gong at site, but I didn't yeah. use them before him, but I knew about them very well because everybody's exactly. talking about Gong. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole point. That's what you want to create, that kind of um, wave of energy throughout social. Mm-hmm. And it's that feeling of community, even if you don't use their product. That's how I feel about Chili Piper. I love Chili Piper. Oh, yeah. We don't, I love we don't use Chili Piper, but I feel like I'm a part of their community because I follow them all on all of their socials and they're so authentic in their approach. So that's when you know you've mastered it, when you have that kind of overall presence. Absolutely. That's the goal. Well, one thing I'm really eager to chat with you about are social media metrics. And I think the data and analytical side of social can sometimes be tricky because there are so many metrics. And I feel like a social media managers are like, okay, what do I need to be measuring? What do I need to be focusing on? Um, like, should we focus on engagements, impressions, conversions? So 
from your experience, what metrics should B2B marketers be focusing on? It really depends what you're trying to accomplish at the end of the day. Um, uh, you should always keep your finger on the pulse when it comes to engagements and reach more so than impressions, um, just to see what's working and what isn't. Um, so you don't have to be obsessive about it. I've gone down that road. I'm sure we all have. <laughs> but you definitely want to kind of peek at it once a week and definitely record it once a month and review it every quarter, every half year in the year. And then you can go ahead and look back and see how things have progressed. Because I'm sure you've had that great idea and you just like, you really wanted it to succeed. It might have bombed. Um, but just because it bombs doesn't mean you have to ditch it. You can try again. You can adjust and, and try again. Um, but definitely, yes, the engagements and, and reach are definitely key in general, just for keeping an eye on your audience and what really um, pushes them to react, right? Mm-hmm. But there's much more to that. Um, we definitely want to, like, for instance, at site, what we're very interested in learning is um, who's really following us on LinkedIn? Uh, maybe not. Not every company can necessarily do this or would want to do this, but we do it. It's very interesting for us. Um, it's actually the highlight of our monthly report. What we do is we look at all of our new followers and where they're coming from. We want to see the relevance of our followership. So that is another indicator if you're doing it right. Because if more people are following you within the industry of the, the persona that you're trying to reach out to, your prospects and your clients, then you know you're doing something right because they want to follow you and they want to continue seeing your content. Even if your followers are stalkers, they only watch and they don't necessarily engage sometimes or if they are engaging regularly. Um, because that's kind of what you're trying to accomplish, mm-hmm. right? And you want to have the right audience out there. Uh, once you have the right audience, then you can go ahead and test out all of the content. Um, so those are kind of things that you want to be focusing on. And on top of that, I would say share of voice. Share of voice is very important. Just make sure that you're standing out above the competition. You're doing all the right moves with your PR. Mm -hmm. You're sharing the content that really um, hits hard with everybody's audience because you're all kind of sharing the same audience, even if you're slightly different from one another. Um, So yeah, so that would be reach engagement, followership, relevance, and share voice. I love that you touched on the followers because I think it's so important because at the end of the day, yes, we want to grow our following, but what's more important is who is following us versus how many people are following us. Because if you're not pulling in the right audience, then what's the point? It's all about reaching that target audience. So I think that's really important that you highlighted that. So at the end of the day, what would you say success looks like for a social media manager? As if you're going to sleep, you're laying your head on the pillow, you know you can sleep peacefully if what? Well, for me personally, it's having a fun, creative idea and seeing it go live and it being successful. Mm-hmm. You know, because the numbers are one thing, the data is another, and everything like that. But I mean, for me, I- It's all about personal growth. And so I'm always looking for the new fun idea that we can run with. 
mm-hmm. whether it be a TikTok video or a, um, a carousel post or whatever it may be. It doesn't matter. Uh, but if it was creative, it was fun to put together. Uh, it's always a collaboration, right? You have an art team and have the rest of the marketing department to bounce ideas off of. You build the idea together and then you shoot it out into space and you hope for the best. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if it succeeds, you're like, yes, that was awesome. I created that, you know? <laughs> um, so that's, that's success in my eyes, you know? Yeah. I love that. I mean, it's truly, social media is an art form. Like at the end of the day, it really is. There's a creative process behind it and seeing that come to life. And, you know, sometimes it lands and sometimes it doesn't, but just the whole process is so amazing to see. And especially when it lands, it's just that much more amazing. So I totally agree. Now, I have to talk TikTok with you. And like you mentioned earlier, you started the TikTok at Sight. Um, and you guys are killing it, by the way. I love your TikTok. Thank you. Um, from starting the TikTok and maybe you've like created a strategy along the way. I know sometimes TikTok is kind of like throwing things out there, see what sticks. And other times we kind of have a more analytical approach. So could you share a little bit about your strategy when it comes to TikTok? Sure. So when I started the TikTok account, um, uh, well, I joined site after the head of content and one of one of our interns were already kind of testing TikTok out mm-hmm. for the company on our intern's personal account. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I stepped in and we kept testing it on his personal account until we had the approval <clears throat> from our legal team to open up a, a verified account. So that's how it all started. Mm-hmm. Um, I suggest doing the same. I suggest starting off with a personal account, testing the waters, trying to understand what it means um, how to use the app because there's so many little filters and functions and mm-hmm. things like that. So, I mean, really, you know, go on YouTube, find all the tutorials, uh, then test it out yourself. Don't be afraid to put your face out there. It's okay. <laughs> it's I agree. a super, super authentic outlet. Like, mm-hmm. don't worry whatsoever. You should see some of the things people put out there. Yeah. TikTok um, is a safe place. I will say <laughs> there is no there. judgment over there. It's a safe place for That's sure. Best thing. I, I couldn't believe it. I, I thought I was I was dreaming. I saw <laughs> some creators out there and there is only positivity. And I'm like, you guys are amazing. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so test it out. Have fun with it on your personal account for starters, because mm-hmm. you don't want to just like jump into the deep end with a company account. Once you have a company account, and I suggest not getting the verified account, because once you have a verified account, you don't have access to the trending sounds, which is tricky. And people mm-hmm. don't tell you that. Yeah. Um, but that's up to you to decide, of course, you know, perhaps your managers prefer it to be verified do as you wish. It's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Once you have that uh, company account, then you want to build that algorithm. Uh, you want to make sure that you're following the type of accounts um, that you wish would follow you. And also that, uh, well, first of all, it's very important for you to start engaging with them because mm-hmm. these are the type of accounts that you want to get on their radar. So you definitely want to comment on their on their posts um, and just be very mindful about how people speak on TikTok is completely different than any other social outlet or app yeah. out there. I'm mm-hmm. um, so it's okay to kind of dumb down your brand voice a little bit. Don't be afraid. 
Um, just don't go too overboard and try not to be cringe because they'll <laughs> stay right into that. Yeah. You know? But um, but that's number one. And then number two, uh, from all of your learnings, from your personal accounts, start uh, building out a strategy of what type of content you want to share. Uh, for baby co- companies, it could be very similar to kind of your regular social media stream, meaning... You know, you might have case studies, you might have blogs, whatever it may be, but it's obviously going to be shared in a completely different format because it's mm-hmm. it's just very authentic, unfiltered, uh, front-facing, educational type of content or <clears throat> whatever it may be. So you could do educational pieces, event pieces, which you guys did an awesome job of, <laughs> which I shared in my presentation. <laughs> yes. Um, And uh, you could do anything. I mean, basically take whatever content you already have, just figure out how to uh, create very short um, videos to share that same type of information in a more casual way. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's like, think casual business, like casual Fridays, you know, Mm -hmm. going into your t-shirt and jeans. That's what you want to emulate there. Um, But you can really do anything. If, if you're looking for inspiration, you can check out companies like Adobe and Microsoft and Shopify and things like that um, to see how they kind of present themselves and what they're talking about and how they're taking that same content that you have on your website and laying it out there on, on TikTok. Mm-hmm. It's not that difficult, but it takes some getting used to. Then the next step would be Who's going to do the videos, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of these companies are using uh, a selection of creators and they're internal creators mostly. Um, but there's also UGC content, right? User-generated mm-hmm. content. So you can do a nice mixture of both. UGC, think of you know your case studies and webinars and things like that. If you're already working on those type of pieces, Ask them if they'd be willing to just do a little quick video for you or have their social media person do a little something on, on mm-hmm. their behalf, of course, um, whoever's most comfortable within their team to do it. And yeah, just, you know, while you're already working on another project with them, say, hey, do you have like five minutes to say the script? Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, there's UGC. Yeah. Uh, and use your internal creators. What I did was I built a an army of TikTok internal creators from different departments. And uh, we would meet once a week to brainstorm and shoot some videos right there on the spot because they're very busy people who get SDRs and CSMs mm-hmm. and whatnot. And uh, yeah, we would just do it on the spot. They'd send me their videos and I would upload them uh, in my free time to make sure that you know we're sharing content on a regular basis. And mm-hmm. that's about it. Um, but I have to say, it's just, it's a really fun outlet. There's so much that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just about the content that you normally share, but just think about your end user. Uh, that's what really worked for us because our end user is the shopper. So what's the shopper's um, pain points, you know? Yeah. Perhaps it's the lag in delivery. Okay, that has nothing to do with us, but you can still share it because it, it makes a connection at the end of the day of what the shop is looking for and what we're offering. Mm-hmm. So um, really go ahead, have fun, be creative, stretch your limits, uh, A-B test and whatever mm-hmm. doesn't work, 
try again if you really believe in it. If not, ditch it and whatever works, double down and have fun. Wow. That, I think that was, that was great advice. (laughs) And I love how detailed you get because I think when you are listening to a podcast um, and you want to hear those tips and tricks, it's so nice to have like a very detailed breakdown. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm so glad you brought up um, the voice and engaging on with in the comments with other brands and creators because I personally believe that community is built in the comments and especially on TikTok that is kind of the whole rhyme or reason behind TikTok is is those comments that is where community is being built and that's where you honestly find other brands and creators too um, mm-hmm. and the way you talk on TikTok is so different I think B2B brands might be a little nervous at first when they have to kind of switch up that professional tone. Um, But it's, you have to do it when you're on TikTok. It's not like LinkedIn. If you talk how you talk on LinkedIn or on TikTok, it is not going to work. No one is going to be interested. They're going to swipe right past your video. So I'm so glad that you brought that up because I couldn't agree more. Um, On that note, yeah, like you were saying, it's the holy grail, basically, of TikTok Mm -hmm. is the comment section. And if you're looking for a great, um, a great example of it, go to Ryanair. Mm -hmm. They're in, they have this, they did this two, maybe three times, just, I I'm not even just go find the one where their um, their plane is just saying it's crazy, it's crazy, oh, and yeah. they're basically inviting any and every brand to just comment randomly on their um, on their video. So mm-hmm. everybody commented something that has to do with flying, and it was brilliant. Everybody like McDonald's and yeah. everything random that has nothing to do with flying, and they commented something that was connected with their brand voice to flying, which was brilliant. So I also commented to something on the first video. It was something like, you know, um, we can help you have more fun shopping online while you're waiting mm-hmm. for takeoff or something like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can, it, it's once you get it, mm-hmm. it, it comes very easily I totally and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it really is. Love TikTok. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. We're nearing end of the show. We're nearing the end of the show and I have two more questions for you. Um, Like we talked about earlier, you also have a podcast. Um, So I would love if you could just share a few pieces of advice for anyone looking to start a podcast or looking to get into podcasting. What would be a few pieces of advice? Just do it. That's not hard. (laughs) It's a lot of fun, actually. Um, It is time consuming, but... Um, you know, just go ahead, make out your strategy, understand who it is you want to speak to, uh, meaning your audience mm-hmm. and, um, and just start building it out from there. Uh, I also took a partner, uh, Danny Peterman from Lucia. He's a social media and employee branding lead at Lucia. He's fantastic. Uh, I took him on as a co-host because I thought it'd be just more fun that way to have, you know, two speakers and, uh, and some, mm-hmm. Um, some audience, uh, the interviewees. And yeah, it was a lot more fun that way because, you know, I had someone to bounce ideas off of. And uh, we only did one season so far, nine episodes. We're hoping to um, build up another season uh, later this year. We're going to kind of 
test the waters with some new ideas then. So yeah, feel free, like really just jump into it. It's, yeah. it's not hard. Mm-hmm. It's you build the strategy like you build one for anything else that you do in business and, and just go for it. Um, yeah. As far as equipment goes and things like that, don't, don't try too hard at first and don't buy all the heavy equipment or anything like that. Mm-hmm. For starters, just test out the waters and see if it's really right for you. And then if it is, then you can step it up a notch. Yeah, definitely. Launch and adjust. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> all right. Well, last question I have for you is a question that I ask all of my guests. And that is, what is one thing you wish your colleagues in other departments knew about social media? It's not a job just for an intern. <laughs> Yes, thank you. <laughs> the interns are fabulous, by the way. We just had one at site this summer and she was fantastic. She just got it. She's mm-hmm. fabulous. Go Leanne, if you're <laughs> listening. Um, and so, uh, but but still, it's, it takes a lot of work, mm-hmm. a lot of time, a lot of dedication. Uh, it's not just something you can hand over to your nephew. Okay. Yep. I agree with everything you just said. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm walking away with this episode with so many takeaways. So thank you so much for getting so detail-oriented and really diving in. Um, And I'm so excited to share this episode with the world. So thank you so much for joining me behind the posts. Thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. Thanks for going behind the post. If you love today's show, let's get social and continue the conversation. Reach out on Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn and tag at Octopost. If you don't want to miss a single episode, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more free social media tips and resources, check us out at octopost.com. See you next time.